This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, episode 42. I'm not just supporting strength coaches or just female strength coaches. I'm making sure that, you know, the best people are here and part of our profession and, and being supported. This is the NSCA's Coaching Podcast, where we talk to strength and conditioning coaches about what you really need to know, but probably didn't learn in school. There's strength and conditioning, and then there's everything else. Welcome to the NSCA Coaching Podcast. I'm Scott Caulfield. With me today, Ashley Jackson, strength and conditioning coach at the University of Michigan, Nicole Dabbs, associate professor at Cal State San Bernardino, and Courtney Thomas, owner of Courtney Thomas Coaching. Thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks yeah, for having us. We are here at the 41st Annual National Conference. Uh, you might hear some clanging and banging in the background because they're literally tearing down the exhibit hall behind us. Uh, so please excuse any outside noise. But how's the uh, conference been for everybody? Good. Productive. Yeah, really good. Outstanding. And we uh, were at the Women's Committee um, SIG meeting earlier today. And you guys uh, also are, you know, you guys make up some of the executive council of the SIG. So I guess maybe, Nicole, why don't you kind of talk about um, you know, what the Women's Committee even is for some of our listeners who might be new to the NSCA or thinking about wanting to be more involved. What are you guys doing and, you know, what's your kind of role here? Yeah, the Women's Committee um, is involved with about nine um, females in our organization and we really try to um, empower women and really try to um, include women in other things and try to get them more involved in actively involved in NSCA. So we don't want them to just be involved with the women's committee, but all throughout NSCA in various forms. So state level, regional level, um, on committees, on the board, we have our first female president, um, getting past the gavel tonight at our banquet. So I think that's really exciting time for us. And, um, the committee is, excited to experience that with Travis tonight. So um, I think that is, you know, one of our main goals and really trying to just network and get females to feel included, not just with us, but with the organization as a whole. Awesome. Yeah. And maybe Courtney and Ashley also kind of chime in about like, what have you guys done otherwise? And, you know, how you're, how you're, uh, you know, associated as volunteers with the NSCA as well. Uh, well, as the chair of the committee, I'm just trying to guide our members initially and then just disperse through the, you know, the rest of the organization and our members. Um, we talked about empowerment, but also just lifting each other up um, and supporting each other uh, as, a, as a coach or a fitness professional or if you're a professor um, or you have your own business. You know, it's something I'm not just supporting strength coaches or just female strength coaches. I'm making sure that, you know, the best people are here and part of our profession and, and being supported. Yeah, we had a lot of conversation um, in our meeting yesterday and definitely in the solution session as well about um, really just advocating for each other and for women in, uh, like Ashley mentioned, all the different um, areas of our industry as a whole um, and what all of that looks like and um, some of the challenges that we're facing certainly in our culture in those different buckets of the industry and how we can address that and uh, having a lot of really good conversation around that lately too. Super cool. Yeah. So one of the things that kind of came out of the meeting that we were in earlier today was we're talking about, you know, helping women or more, you know, visibility for women getting some of these positions. And uh, we, and a lot of the, the similar theme that came up was having a mentor or, or being a mentor. So, yeah, why don't you guys take a crack at that? Kind of talk to me about 
Um, again, one of the th I mentioned that I think it w it's important for women to mentor women and to you know to help kind of tell them, hey, this is how I got to where I am, and that's been a really big theme of this podcast is that we've kind of showed people's career path. And again, you guys all kind of represent different areas within this profession. Super cool opportunities. So maybe talk a little bit about that role of mentorship and how you know you guys are going to be able to help mentor others and as well as you know maybe Courtney jump in first as a business owner and kind of someone who's done a lot within the field yeah absolutely happy to um I actually have um talked about this a lot really recently in the last like six months or so um that I'd have done it for myself and um have kind of shared my process in um really reaching out and like thinking beyond networking um, because that's not really what it is. You know, it's a, it's really all about building relationships. And um, so uh, I did a thing for three straight months, every single day for um, Monday through Friday, I met with a new woman in my community um, and reached out to um, just all different kinds of people. It was some people in the industry, some people who were not. Um, I think that's something really important that I would mention is definitely like a mentor in your industry is great, but a mentor outside of it can be even better. Um, especially if you are a business owner, like you want somebody in the industry, you know, for that type of professional expertise and whatnot, but like you still have to run your business. So like, yeah. it's, it's really great to um, have a like broader, you know, depth of experience and everything. Um, and I can't recommend that enough. Like reach out to people and say like, Hey, here's the reason why I think you're amazing. And, um, I love what you're doing and I'd love to learn more about it. Um, and that was a huge, huge thing for me and really making a lot of really meaningful connections and expanding my business a lot in a very short period of time. Um, and, uh, really kind of opening up to a lot more opportunities for the future as well. Um, and, uh, the only thing that I always caveat that with is like never email somebody and say, hey, I want to pick your brain. Um, that's like the total wrong way to go about getting a mentor. Um, always respect people's time, like respect your own, but respect people's time. Um, and I think definitely like go for the ask. If there's somebody that you want to talk to that you might be interested in, you know, having a mentorship relationship or whatever, like certainly approach them. Um, but like be respectful of the fact that like everybody is as busy as you are right. and, right. you know, it should be a mutually beneficial relationship in some way. Absolutely. Yeah. Nicole, anything to add from the professor side? Yeah. I mean, I think we talk about having female mentors, but I never had a female um, mentor. One of my main, I guess, mentors were never a female. They're mostly males. And that's probably the reality for a lot of people because in certain industries, that's mm -hmm. we have, it's a male-dominated area. And I would have loved to have a female mentor. And I probably have, I guess, thinking about it um, somewhere along the way, little ones. But my big mentors like Lee Brown and Jay Garner, they, they're males. But they're supportive, of obviously, of me and what I've been doing. So I think that's important to just have someone that supports you and is leading you in the way that you, um, into your profession. But I think more importantly is you kind of have to take control of your yourself, right. And your own and your own future. And if you want to email someone, email them, do it professionally, but, um, or look for that internship or look for those opportunities. You got to show up. And I think that's the thing that's not happening sometimes is that females or people maybe in general are just not showing up to the table. And that oftentimes leads to them not getting those opportunities, but they're missed because they're not even 
trying or they might not know about an internship because um, they didn't even go look for it. They, they want it hand fed. So I think um, encouraging those things, but the students that I have that, that are work with me um, that I do mentor, they, I mean, I tell them about all the opportunities all the time. Um, and I think that's really helped them. They, they've come to have students that are here coming to conferences for years now and they're getting some of the opportunities that I know I got as a young um, student. So I think that's really good to just be open to that. And sometimes we are really busy and it's really hard to, to open that communication, but simply saying hi. I had a student last NSCA conference that uh, was at a university near me and they didn't have a biomechanics lab and she wanted to do a thesis of biomechanics. And I said, hey, come do it. And so she's from Morocco and she was at a university close to me and she came in, collected her data with us and uh, my students helped her and they presented it here at NSCA this this year and um, so it's kind of cool because it's not necessarily in your backyard and it simply happened by her just saying hi to me and saying she was interested and she followed up right she followed up with an email and I think those things are are just really important that you make those connections and have those relationships and it doesn't have to be like will you be my mentor and have like a check yes or no box but um, yeah and I think a lot of young professionals think that that it has to be this formal thing and there's a variety of types of mentors for different aspects right of your business or your life or career so I think that is really useful to know that there's people that I know I can pick up the phone anytime and call Lee Brown and he'll answer and he will give me good advice. But I also know that if it's, you know, maybe past 9 p.m., he will not answer. Um, but and I or and I might go to someone else for different things. Right. And so I think those are important to to realize that you have people and places for for different reasons. And I think that's cool. Ashley, anything to add from the collegiate strength and conditioning side? Yeah, I mean, I think you need to create your mentorship situation you know, that you're looking for. People always say, you know, I wish I had a mentor. I wish this person would talk to me or that they were my mentor. Well, create it for yourself. You know, if you need to reach out to them via email, walk up to them at a conference, um, you know, get to know them. Actually, like, get to know them as a person, as a coach, you know, as a professional, um, and regardless of the insignia on their shirt. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's something that, you know, college strength coaches specifically sometimes struggle with is um, well, what's your name again? Where are you coaching? Mm -hmm. Why does it matter if they're a good strength coach? Um, so regardless of, you know, the block M on their shirt or if they're at an NAI school, you know, if they're a really good strength coach, seek them out um, and, and talk with them and learn from them and, and cultivate that relationship because you never know who your boss is going to be or who you want to hire and be the boss. Um, so always just building that, you know, camaraderie and, and getting out of your comfort zone. I think that's the biggest thing too, is a lot of times, you know, we're so set in our ways of, I can only talk to my friends. I can only talk to, you know, my power five buddies. I can only talk to the people I went to school with. Well, why? No one made those rules. Right. Um, and reach out, shake a hand, take them to coffee. And no one's going to ever turn down a free cup of coffee. Right. <laughs> um, and that's a super simple way. And I mean, and like Courtney spoke about kind of outside your realm. I have, you know, the opportunity at Michigan to be around a lot of really awesome high profile sport coaches right and administrators and you know athletic directors there's no reason that i can't meet with them and sit down and you know pick their brain quote unquote um about what they're doing we're all leading student athletes we're all trying to empower and cultivate you know a good culture with with these young kids um they do a really good job of it why can't i use something that they're doing yeah no that's awesome all of them um and nicole too you said you know you've 
you know, had mostly male uh, mentors, it's funny. I'm like, well, maybe I'm an anomaly because I, I don't think I ever really intentionally sought out female mentors, but a lot of the mentors that I've had in strength and conditioning have been females. So I mentioned Leanne Blinn in strength and conditioning earlier, like the first person I ever sought out when I wanted to learn how to do strongman. Um, she lived in Massachusetts. I used to drive like three hours to meet up with her. Um, Caitlin Sweeney, who, you know, some of you guys know, well, was at Dartmouth with me and was basically my boss and she was in charge of football. And so I learned under these people, um, I went to a private facility and a woman named Jem Poljasic was kind of the chief, uh, operating officer there. And like, the business side of things or like the managing people side of things I learned from her but it's funny because I don't know you know if I just wasn't uh you know if I didn't have stereotypes where I had just thought I had to learn from a specific type of person about it um but I mean again my mom was also a basketball coach so maybe at a younger age I was uh you know I I saw someone in a position that I knew that I was familiar with and, you know, maybe that allowed it to be broken down. But certainly, um, whether they were man or woman never like came into my head when I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, that person's doing something I want to do. I need to find out more about how to do that from them. Um, yeah. I would agree with you that you're probably a rare case, <laughs> yeah, in that, I but the, I also think that that's what makes you a good advocate. Like Nicole talking about how, you know, it doesn't, and I, I agree, like it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter like that you're seeking out a specifically, you know, woman mentor or whatever. It's the right person, you know, for what you're looking for and the right match. But like, um, you know, I always think about uh, male mentors more as like advocates, you know, like, right. and you kind of have to seek that out specifically too. Cause sometimes, you know, you, you have to like get, like Ashley said, you have to get to know people and so like understand what their intentions are and if that's really aligned with like what you want to do in the direction that you want to go. But again, like I feel like I didn't know that about you, first of yeah. all, um, yeah. but like that makes a lot of sense based on, you know, how you show up for, yeah. you know, our industry and everything. Like, yeah. so, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Well, I guess to, uh, you know, how about I wanted to say a little bit too, because I was talking about earlier how you guys, you know, can be available to people as mentors, right? So I don't know. Do you have ideas for, we kind of touched on it, but like through social media or be whatever it may be, you know, how are you able to kind of open your doors and, you know, be more available to, to help younger people or not even younger people. Maybe it's people that are trying to change professions, you know, how are you, how do you do that? Especially, or even somebody, maybe if someone's out there listening, that's been a coach for a long time and, the light bulb is going off and like, oh man, I really could do a better job probably of like helping other people. Like, what do you do at that point? Yeah, I think you have to show up and you have to ask um, as far as the one that person that wants to get mentored. Um, but for the, the mentor themselves, I mean, you have to be open and willing and sometimes people aren't or they're bad mentors. There are definitely bad mentors. Sure, um, and so I think building a relationship, figuring out, is this really a good fit? Because sometimes it's just this, per I do not get along with this person and maybe they, I do not want them to be a mentor or you figure out through people that you work with of what not to do. Like I determined that along the way of people. I do not want to be that type of professor. I do not want to bring someone into my office and, and yell at them and tell them that their publications suck, right? That I've had that experience happen to. And so you want to make sure that you're, you're helping your students and for me and working with students and um, I mean 
Lee Brown always taught me like take care of your kids right and so if I have students like they're taking care of like they're we try to get funding for them we try to make sure I give them any oppor- every opportunity that they're willing to take I can't force them to do stuff but they're willing to take to better their themselves and put them in a good position um, I know we discussed at our last session that maybe building as far as a committee we could maybe build some sort of network within our own community of um, females in that are attending our sessions maybe doing some sort of mentoring um, not I don't want to say matchmaking but some sort of um, just opportunity to like say hey are you willing to be a mentor or you, you want to be a mentee here's some contacts like figure it out let you guys figure it out but at least build some relationships via the, that social media or just email so I think that is important. I think like, I mean, I know for me, which Scott, I, you mentioned, and thank you, like I, I am generally like very approachable and open online and like I keep all that stuff open. Um, so for the other side of it, like, and I think I mentioned this when I was talking earlier, like don't be afraid to just reach out to people because you'd be surprised like they may come off as like, oh, they're working a lot or they're busy or whatever, but you'd be surprised how many people like check their direct messages or like right. actually are checking their email every single day and will get back to you. Um, so you just always ask, you know, and certainly from the perspective, like everybody has a different bandwidth for how much available time they have to, you know, mentor or put in a little extra or give back or whatever. But if that's something that you're into, like, you can communicate that, you know, and put it out there that, you know, hey, this is just something that I'm into or, you know, whatever. Always feel free to reach out and ask me questions or, you know, even that can start the conversation, which you're kind of saying, you know, which makes a lot of sense. Like a lot of times it happens organically. So I think, um, you know, it was something that I was looking for as I grow in my career is a way to give back, but like a very physical way to be hands on with it. And I found myself as the internship coordinator um, at our university. And this was my first semester. And it's it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time. And I finally got the opportunity to take it over. Um, And it's I'm really enjoying it because it's my ability to create the kind of that relationship that I didn't have um, and that I always looked for. Um, and so it's a way for me to help formulate that and, you know, educate the kids, um, you know, our young strength coaches that are coming up through this and, and send them along their way if this is what they really want to do. So I'm really enjoying that that new part of my job. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I think, like you said, too, it's been touched on a couple of times. It might not be uh, an official like Mm-hmm. Will you be my mentor, please? <laughs> Awkward, uh, you know, first date kind of question. Like, <laughs> it, it, but, and it could be more formal though too. I think there's different levels, you know. And what I think too about it is like, my relationship with Leanne wasn't wasn't like that. It was just like, it was kind of common connection. I was trying to learn from her, and it wasn't like an official mentor thing. But um, you know, now I do something with our interns and we have this mentorship notebook that we go through and we kind of meet, it's a workbook and we meet like every week, uh, and there's different things. Basically it's more like, um, really like what, who you are, what you want to be, what you want to do. We talk about core values, talk about goal setting, stuff like that. And I get to know them a lot better and they get to know each other through that process. And that's definitely a little bit more of a formal, um, I guess, mentorship relationship than, in yeah. that aspect where I'm actually giving them homework to do and they're bringing it back. So I think yeah, that's an important kind of thing to keep in mind too. There's different like levels of it. And mm-hmm. obviously as we grow and change in our careers, it's going to 
ebb and flow and we'll need different types of that in, in how we give and give and get uh, for it. So that's super cool though to hear the different things. How about from like uh, getting into different areas, uh, you know, within the profession and getting involved. If someone wants to be a strength and conditioning coach at Michigan, you know, what, what, what kind of uh, must-dos or keys or do you have for them, Ashley? Well, I, th- I think that that list is growing uh, annually um, of, of the minimum requirements of things that you have to do to, to get hired on as a full-time strength coach. But hopefully that's for a good reason um, in that we are maintaining that, you know, the highest um, educated strength and conditioning professionals are being hired and continue to have employment. Um, I think education is the first thing that you need to take care of and then getting in a weight room, physically training yourself, um, getting comfortable with the barbell, getting comfortable with what you know hurt feels like um, and being able to talk about it and communicate it with someone else. Um, but if you can do those simultaneously, I think that that's the most efficient way. Um, while you're in school, get in the weight room, go volunteer somewhere. If you can't get into a college weight room, go to a private training facility, you know, be around other coaches, be around athletes. Um, just really, like I said, I was talking about earlier, just mold your, like, mold your scenario that you want. Um, there are so many, so many opportunities out there to be around coaches or, you know, even get to coach kids or, you know, don't, don't take advantage of those. If you get a coach 10 year olds and that was, you know, something Joe Ken talked about earlier. If it's 10 year olds, you're coaching, like be the best 10 year old strength coach that there is. I know if it's NFL, then you better be really good or, you know, you'll be gone tomorrow. Um, but, but do the necessary requirements. Like I said, education, spend your time in the weight room and, you know, put in your time. That's, you know, I know a lot of people don't like to hear that and, you know, put in your time and what does that time look like and how long and, you know, how many internships do I need to do unpaid? Um, do as many as you need to. If this is something that you're super passionate about and you want to be a strength coach, especially in the college setting at a big time university, do what it takes, like do whatever it takes to get there. Yeah, I like it. I always, I've always said, I tell everybody that my quote is you don't give up what you want most for what you want now. Right. Mm, and, and right. That's yeah. That's like, good. Yeah. If that's, if you really want to be that, then do what it takes and don't, you know, don't, don't quit too soon, right? Like, and when you think about it, or quit the, quit some of the things you need to quit to be able to get there. Uh, Nicole, how yeah. about from your side? If someone wants to be an associate professor, any kind of must-dos, got to do it. Key. Uh, <laughs> a lot of school. School, <laughs> school educational requirements. Uh, yeah, I mean, it goes back to you know having a mentor in that setting too to kind of guide some of that, but. Um, you know, keeping your grades up, all the things that we know, but then also showing up to like the lab where we do a lot of research and that's going to, that's a key to our profession. So, you know, you have to come and show up to the lab. You have to put other things aside. And if you can't, then you're not going to put in the time, the more hours, you know, you can put in the more, um, beneficial it's going to be for your career and then eventually you can you know start presenting at conferences and and go from there and then I mean part of our profession as professors is is teaching and then part of it is research and part of it is service and the service part I do a lot you know with the NSCA and so some of that is getting involved um, externally from our university in being here and being at the conferences and um, getting involved at different levels and I so I think that that's something 
cool to talk about because it's like it's nice to give back. I know as a graduate student, I got you know women's scholarships and challenge scholarships as um, a graduate student, and I got a lot from the NSCA. And so it's nice to kind of be on the other side and be able to give back to the NSCA and and mentor other people and um, see the processes that happen throughout the volunteer service. So I think that is important. So I mean, I think encouraging um, young professionals to get involved as a student rep on a committee or um, even just volunteering apply if you meet the minimum requirements apply see what happens you never know I mean I did that as a PhD student and I've been um, on a membership committee for six years and it just rotated off so I think that that's something that you know you can't doesn't hurt just can't doesn't cost anything to apply um at least in our profession. Physical therapy school, it's different, but um, it does cost to apply. But I think that, you know, getting involved in giving back, and that's another way that I like to, to give back. But um, just working hard, and I mean, I think there's sometimes a misconception about academia that, you know, oh, I have the summers off. I'm like, I wish I had the summers off. Um, but, you know, you're doing other things. I might be teaching, but I'm doing research or working with the students or prepping or doing other things. So, um, there is flexibility, but there is, if you want to get further, there is a lot of work involved with that. So yeah. you have to just get in the lab and get research experience, I think is one of the big things, at least starting out. Definitely. Cool. Yeah. I think the NSCA involvement too is a lot. I mean, it, people are interested in a lot. I mean, one, I tell people all the time, if you're a student, join as a member when you're mm -hmm. a student, because everything is cheaper. Like once you're not a student <laughs> yeah. anymore, it's not cheap anymore. So like do it when you're a student and get involved. But I mean, I, I was a state director uh, before I worked at headquarters and, uh, you know, it, I never turned down anybody that wanted to help me out at a state clinic for free. So if you're thinking like, oh, I don't really know how I can get involved, almost every single state has a state director or we have regional directors reach out to those people, see if they'll let you help out. And I'm pretty sure nobody's going to turn down a free set of, you know, hands to help you. Even if you're, you know, literally like checking people in at a clinic, you're yep. probably going to get in that clinic for free. You're going to need to hang out. You're going to need to meet people. Um, Courtney, how about, you know, kind of getting into your profession? Obviously you did a lot before you were able to start an online coaching business and, you know, some of the coaching stuff you do, but like, you know, what are some of the real key points to being able to get to the point where you're at? Yeah, I can definitely speak to kind of the personal training side of things. Um, and we actually had a really good conversation at the personal training, like SIG solution session this morning too. Like, um, a lot of times there's kind of a misconception that you really only have the option of like working in a big box gym or like opening your own gym. And like, that's the only way to be a personal trainer to be a fitness coach or, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, I think it's really important to remember that there are a lot of really cool and interesting and impactful ways to go these days. Um, so, you know, kind of open your brain to what you are passionate about and how you might want to help people and how you can do that. Um, but that being said, those two options are certainly viable. Um, there was actually a conversation about how um, there's kind of a negative stigma around working at a big box gym in the beginning as a trainer. And um, that's actually not the worst thing in the world <laughs> because you get to work with a huge wide range of people. You can learn a lot about business and sales and like all of the different things um, kind of get your feet under you um, because it, it certainly was my experience as well. In the beginning, I kind of was like, well, I need to like learn how to actually train people. Like I know what the book says and like what my certification test said, but like, how do I actually do this with real human beings? So, um, 
just as Ashley and Nicole both said, like you got to put your time in and you got to spend some hours on the floor training actual human beings of different types and bodies and methods and whatever else and all that good kind of stuff. And um, over time is how you kind of get to figure out, you know, like I did, okay, I don't want to work for somebody else. My philosophy doesn't align with theirs because these are, like you said, my core values or, you know, this is the type of training I want to do. This is a population that I'm very good with, um, you know, and then you can sort of start making those decisions of, you know, is that going out on my own? Is it a facility? Is it online? Which again, I've transitioned to over time. Um, but there's lots of choices. Uh, but in the beginning, like don't underestimate again, putting in your time and, you know, you're not going to be training celebrities tomorrow when you start, you know? So. Oh, that's great. You guys all have such a great, uh, unique kind of view set too. How, um, I guess, you know, this is great. We're kind of talking about some of these hot topics. We've got this women's committee, and we've talked about, well, how do we get them involved in different NSCA? I mean, how overall do you think, you know, this is going? I feel like we're talking about it more, right? So there's there seems yeah. to be more awareness. So how do we, how does the NSCA and people listening to this who are NSCA members, you know, keep this keep the ball rolling, keep it gathering more steam? What else do we need to be doing? In your guys I, I think that we just need to build a culture that is inclusive and involving females and not being exclusive. So I think we've discussed that on different occasions, but I think that is one way that NSCA can, NSCA members can be more inclusive in what we're doing with females without, fe- I mean, it doesn't always have to be all about females, but it just needs to be open. And I think that the more that culture starts to shift and I think it is doing that um, slowly that that will be more in line with what our goals are as a committee, I think. Cool. Yeah. I think um, a huge part of that is awareness of what that looks like. Um, a lot of times people get the wrong idea about what inclusiveness is or what it means, like you said, to, um, you know, elevate, you know, the voices of women and other marginalized populations. Um, and, you know, historically we have struggled with that as an industry, you know, and it's still, it's still a current issue, um, by the way, but, um, just kind of having an awareness that like, it can be very small shifts. It can be just becoming aware that, you know, people, are different and have different life experiences and we can acknowledge that and you know start to behave in you know more appropriate ways toward all of the people around and that creates ultimately a more inclusive culture and environment for everyone Cool. Yeah, we were just talking about it a little bit earlier. I said, I think I think we're past the point of just being able to show up. Uh, yeah. We're going to have to take an active role. If we want something changed, then we have to be a part of that. Yep. Um, and a- attending the conference is a great first step, but continue to do that. Don't come once every five years, once every research period. Right. Like Come every year if you can and yeah. come as much as you can. Bring your friends um, and talk to them and talk to people you don't know and bring up these subjects, yeah. not with just women, with men also, with the exhibitors with the coaches with the presenters with the president of of the organization like make your voice heard yeah 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 i think the more that we have women you know involved i think that's just it doesn't have to be the women's committee the women's Mm -hmm. committee can go away right once we and i think that it doesn't always have to be this thing we don't want it to be separate we want it to be um that we're just trying to encourage females to 
be involved in several ways. And then when you do volunteer your time, show up. Like, I mean, not just show up, show up, but like do something. Don't just be on a committee to like sit there and not answer emails or never do anything. The whole point is that you wanted to be involved. So actually do stuff. I mean, I've been on countless things where people just don't do anything. Like, why are you even here? You're taking a spot from someone else. Mm -hmm. And so there's things that like you have to also do the work. And so I think that's important to know. Yeah. And I think um, you we were talking about it earlier too, but you made a great point. It's like um, the women's committee, um, you know, solution session today, we had a couple men in there and sometimes I th- people have been like, Oh, it's the women's committee solution session. I'm a man. I'm not allowed in there. Right. <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, maybe we need to communicate too mm, right. a little better. Like that. No, no, this, you know, or the women's luncheon that right. there's only been one man in there. So, <laughs> you know, what, what else do we need to do to let guys know, hey, no, we want you as part of this discussion. Right. Like, right. right. We're just posting it or we're just sponsoring it, but we're not yep. excluding other people. We want everyone to be included. Yeah. Yep. Oh, that's great. Um, well, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out. This has been super um we'll uh best uh let's go around real quick uh courtney nicole and ashley uh if people want to reach out they heard something on the show how do they get and follow up with you now after this uh well i'm courtney and all my stuff is super easy uh it's courtney with a k courtneythomas.com courtney thomas coach on any uh social media cool uh for nicole this is my email is ndabs um, D-A-B-B-S at C-S-U-S-B dot E-D-U. For Ashley, my email is ash, A-S-H-J-A-C-K at U-M-I-S-H dot E-D-U. Great. We'll put that stuff all in the show notes as well, but really appreciate you being on the show and uh, enjoy the rest of the conference. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much. Thanks, thanks Scott. Scott. Thank you for listening to the NSA's Coaching Podcast. We truly appreciate your support and we wouldn't do this without you. So we are very appreciative. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go write us a review. Please subscribe so you get these episodes delivered to you every other week right on time. Go to nsca.com and check out everything else that we have to offer. We've got a podcast download page. We've got tons of other content. So check us out there. And again, thank you for your support. This was the NSCA's Coaching Podcast. The National Strength and Conditioning Association was founded in 1978 by strength and conditioning coaches to share information, resources, and help advance the profession. Serving coaches for over 40 years, the NSCA is the trusted source for strength and conditioning professionals. Be sure to join us next time.